Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike here at BeastNet. Um, I got Justin Wiley um, from Oregon on the phone and we're going to just talk about how great Montana was and why uh, why Justin decided to do this. So how you doing? Good about yourself, Mike. I'm doing all right. I'm still, you know, recovering from Montana last weekend, but, you know, I'm doing okay. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Montana, that was, uh, that was an experience. That was, was this, this was your first year doing Montana, wasn't it? Yeah, that was my first year in Montana, and Montana was my first beast. Nice. So, so what'd you think? You going back next year? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Isn't that why we do this? Because we... You know, we hate it in the middle of the race. We're like, why are we doing this? Why did I pay to do this? Yeah. And then the next, you know, as soon as it's done, it's like, all right, when can I go back? When's the registration open for next year? Yep, pretty much. It is. And I mean, that's kind of the, that's what makes us all crazy. But it oh, was, yeah. it was Montana. I mean, this was my fourth year doing Montana. And it, it was definitely Montana. I mean, I, there's nothing else you can really say about Montana. It's just, it's its own, it's its own special race, especially to me, considering that's where I started. So, yeah. Well, and plus, I mean, Montana. This was the the very first in the Mountain Series, and so you know, Trailmaster Steve had to uh, set the bar high for the other venues that are going to be doing Mountain Series. Yeah, and he set it high. So. He said it really yeah. high. And I, ran into, uh, um, I ran into Steve on Sunday as I was leaving, and we were talking for a little bit, and I told him, I was like, I, you know, I, I said, you know that last hill, that last steep hill with that steep descent on the uh, beast? And he goes, yeah. And I said, we named that hill after you. And he yeah. goes, oh, yeah, what'd you name it? We, I go, we named it F.U. Hammond. And he just smiled at me, and he was like, that's the most endearing thing somebody has said to me. <laughs> And, and that's the thing that I love about him. It is he, to him, that's awesome. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, most people will be yeah, like, you, loved it. yeah, you did what? You, to him, that's awesome. That means he did his job, you know? Yeah. He, he feels that, you know, right. if you are that unhappy about a hill, then he did his job because that's, his job okay. is to make it challenging for us. Yeah. And he you did. Know, I mean, you know, that being my first beast, you know, I mean, that was a challenge because I, thought I had trained for that distance. I thought I was prepared to go that distance. I went the distance. I got the medal. I finished the race. But now I know what I need to work on to make it, you know, because, I mean, you can't compare, you know, because I got a Seattle Beast in September, but you can't really compare the two because each venue is different, you know, but at least knowing, you know, I know what to expect, kind of what to expect next year for Montana. So I kind of know what I need to prep for. Yeah, and it's one of those things, and I mean, I'll say it, and people get kind of get mad at me sometimes when I say it, but to me, the Seattle Beast, at least the last couple of years, has been nothing compared to the other beasts I've done. I mean, Hawaii and Montana are up there in the most grueling, like crazy, painful things I've ever done. And the the Seattle Beast, it's, it's easier than the Seattle Super's been, you know, and I hate to yeah. say that, but... It has been. And I mean, it's one of those things that the Seattle Super in April is one of the hardest Supers that I've done, but it's because of the weather. Right. 
Right. Not because of the venue. It's because of the weather. You get that mud and everything else. Your feet are sliding. Your hips are hurting because you can't keep your legs like on a normal normal stride. I mean, you did it. You understand that. And, oh, yeah. But then the, you come around yeah, to the beach. Right along with you in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You mean you were together the whole time. And I mean, then swimming through the, you know, the, the one you know, barbed wire, but then you come around to the beast in September and October, it's dry. It's that same course, yeah. but dry. And you just took away 70% of what made that course hard was the second yeah. you take away that mud, you take away the, the hardest part of that course. And that's the hardest part for me is when I go to do that beast, I hate to say it, but I don't feel as accomplished as I do when I finish Montana, Hawaii, because Montana and Hawaii, yeah. I feel like I've been hit by a truck. And then the truck backed, you know, backed over me again. I feel like I've been to hell and back. You know, I feel like I've been destroyed. After Seattle, I was like, I finished this. I think I was 10 minutes slower on the beast than I did the super. Yeah. You know, last year. And it's like, you know, that's kind of telling. And I mean, it was one of those things. I mean, in all honesty, it's how I tricked my niece into doing the super there the second time. Because the first time they did the super in Seattle at that location, it was actually in October. And then they turned around and did another super there in April and then brought the beast the next October. So I did the super there when it was dry and easy. And I'm like, that was the easiest super ever. So I convinced my niece. I'm like, do the super with me in April. It was an easy, nice, easy course. And then we get out there and it wasn't as muddy as this year, but it was a muddy mess. And she's like, that wasn't easy at all. I'm like, no, this was much harder than it was four months ago. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And, And yeah, I mean... But what got you into this? What what woke up woke you up one day and you said, you know, I want to go out and do a Spartan? Well, what actually got me into doing the Spartan was, um, so I was at a, a kickboxing gym in Beaverton, and the owner was like, hey, there's this local obstacle course race coming up. Why don't we get a team together and do it? And I was, you know, I'd been contemplating, like, you know, you know, for the last couple of years, I was like, oh, I should probably do the Warrior Dash. That looks fun. Yeah. You know, the Warrior Dash looks like it's fun. And so, you know, the kickboxing gym I went to, you know, we did a team and we did the My Muddy Valentine in Tualatin last February in 17. I heard that's fun. so, yeah, it's a fun course. I mean, it was my first ever one, so I didn't know what to expect. And I went into it, had a blast, and... So then they were like, well, hey, you know, let's do the one in March. Let's do the Dirty Leprechaun. So I was like, okay, well, the day the Dirty Leprechaun was was happening was my daughter's birthday. She wanted to go to Oregon State to watch the softball team. So I had to get out there, run the course, and then leave. So, you know, my time got faster on the second time through. Yeah. I was like, oh, hey, this is pretty cool. And then after that, I was just kind of like at, at home Googling obstacle course races in Oregon. And so I did, you know, I signed up for a terrain race, rugged maniac. Um, and then my wife wanted to do one with me. Uh, so we did the 5k foam fest, which is a bunch of inflatables with yep. foam in them and whatnot. And then, uh, I was like, okay, I've done these. I was like, you know, and I was looking between Spartan and tough butter. And I was like, well, Spartan sooner it's in Washougal. And, you know, that's my home, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I live in the Portland area, so I was like, okay. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I started watching videos on YouTube, and I was like, okay, what did I get myself into? Um, and then so I started working with a trainer at my gym, and he was like, okay, what's your goal? I said, just to do the least amount of burpees as possible. 
Yeah. And so I went out in, um, and did Washougal and had a blast. And I was like, okay, this is a challenge. It's not like doing rugged or terrain race to where if you can't do the obstacle, you just go around and keep running, you know, with Spartan, if you can't negotiate something, you know, monkey bars, rings, whatever, you have to do burpees or whatever penalty they're starting to throw at you now. And I was like, okay, this is what I needed. This is what I needed to challenge me. And so, yeah, ever since then, you know, after doing that first sprint, I was like, okay, what's next? What's next? And I bought the season pass last year and, you know, for 2018. And so I just started signing up for races. So, you know, I did Vegas super and sprint weekend. Um, that's where we met for the first time was in Vegas. That's yep. where your state of mind ten. Um, yeah, I did Seattle sprint. Montana was my first beast. So I got trifecta number one out of the way. Um, and then I figured, you know, I had the season pass. I was there already. So I signed up for the Montana sprint as well. Um, which was fun. I mean, I had a blast doing it, but like I, what was that? My knees, my hips. Oh, I said I did the sprint out, you know, Sunday. So, but after doing the beast, yeah, my knees and hips and ankles were just screaming at me. And about halfway through the course, they were just kind of like, you know, going, why, why, why? So when I got to the dunk wall, I just stood there for a minute, just letting that cold water kind of soothe those aching joints and yep. ended up finishing in that. And so, that was the most disgusting dunk, dunk wall, by the way. The most disgusting dunk wall I've ever been on. <laughs> you didn't like the tadpoles? No. <laughs> and that's one thing like, some people know and some don't about me. I have this really weird thing. I can put my head underwater if I can see into it. If I'm in a pool right. or in a lake that's clear or whatever, I can go underwater, no problem. <clears throat> but for some reason, if it's murky and muddy... I have yeah. I have this total fear of putting my head under the water because I, I don't know what's down there. And it drives me nuts. And what will make it worse is if I can see things squirming and alive in the water. Then I'm like, I'm out. Peace. Deuces. Oh, bye. Yeah. And that was that was Montana. I like literally got up there and I'm trying to do it. And I looked down and I could see tadpoles. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is – no, this is so wrong. Yeah. That was just nasty, dirty water. The first couple times in Montana, it was in the stream. So literally, oh, wow. you could see in because you were in a freaking stream. It was cold as balls. Like, right. I mean, I'm pretty sure it took like six months for my balls to drop back down. But it was, you know, <laughs> it was in a stream. And I mean, it just, you know, it was clear water the whole time. But it was only like three feet deep. So you almost had to get on your knees, your knees to go under the wall. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was interesting the first couple of years, but then they, they quit doing that. And now they put it in the, this is the second year they put it over in that spot that it was at this last yeah. year. Well, and I think the other thing too, I think Spartan like imports glacier water in for the dunk walls. Cause like when I did Washougal last year, I mean, it was hot, but you get into the dunk wall and it was freezing cold. Yeah. So I, I'm like, you know, do they just like dunk, bags of ice in here every so often to make they should. it super cold or I don't know I wonder that but, sometimes too you know but then again when we were in Montana and we went through ball shrinker that was warmer than the dunk wall it was that's because you were behind me just so you know <laughs> uh, yeah that's true yeah <laughs> 
I don't remember who it was. I got someone one day that just kind of gave me the worst look at like, because I was sitting there, they're saying something about no bathrooms on the course. I'm like, that's what the dunk wall is for. And they're like, oh, you're disgusting. Like, are you I kidding? I was at the, the sprint and standing in the dunk wall. I was just standing there for a minute. Some guy comes up next to me. He's like, dude, are you peeing? And I'm like, no. I said, I just want the cold water on my knees and ankles. They're sore. And he goes, oh, okay. Because when people normally just stand around in the dunk wall, it means they're peeing. Yeah. See, people do it. You got to learn how to do it while you're moving. Because then people don't realize they're doing it. They're just all of a sudden like, why is there a warm spot here? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. Must have been the guy in front of me. Exactly. Yeah, the guy that just got out did it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so uh, so the, the the sprint was fun then? I mean, it was good. Like I said, I didn't do it because I, I mean, for those that don't know, I dislocated my shoulder in the, the, the beast the, the day before. So doing the sprint wasn't really an option. So, yeah, I, I mean, it was fun. You know, it was, it was about five miles. So, but I've, yeah, I've, you know, I know there was a lot of people that did it, you know, that ran the beast the day before and that. And I was just like, you know, okay, I just did, you know, over 13 miles the day before. Let's see if my body can do this one. Cause you know, I turned 45 in November. And so I was like, okay, I turned 45 you know, this next year is going to be the year to push myself. Yeah. You know, so that's why I bought the season pass, signed up for all these uh, Spartan races. I'm doing my first hurricane heat of, um, event in August at Washougal. Oh, so I have I have know. not done a hurricane heat in like two years. I just, oh. Well, I mean, I was debating on doing one. I was kind of like going, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. And then I was at one of the Portland workouts and, Zane was, you know, I was talking to them about it. I was oh, yeah, Zane I never talked to Zane. Zane and Lorenzo yeah. talk you into some of the stupidest shit. <laughs> well, and Zane was like, he goes, you've got to do it. It's my birthday. Everybody's doing it for my birthday. You've got to do it. So I was like, all right. So I went home that night, and I registered for my first hurricane heat. See, like I said, you never talk to Zane and Lorenzo. They will talk to you into the craziest <laughs> stuff. They're all of a sudden like, hey, we should do this. And you're like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then, like, after you sign up, you're like, what the hell am I doing? What? Why did I do this? <laughs> right now, Patrick's trying to convince me to do a triathlon. So, I've always said it's on my bucket list to do it. Yeah. And Patrick knows that. So, he, he yeah, he posted, there's one Serena posted about that there's one coming up here in uh, JBLM and uh, down at Tacoma. And so, Patrick said he'd do it if I did it. So, I'm like, thanks, Patrick, for putting that on me. <laughs> you jerk. Damn gingers. But, you know, I mean, the one thing, like, with, uh, you, you know, like, with Patrick or Zane or Lorenzo, you know, I mean, just anybody in general, Adam and those guys, you know, the one thing I like about this group is that, you know, they support and encourage you and, you know, believe that you have more capable than what you do. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So, you know, I, I mean, that's the one thing you know, that I love about this group is that the support and the encouragement that you get from everybody. And that's so true. I mean, you get those people that, that tell you that, you know, you're like, they, they say, Hey, let's go do this. And you're looking like, you're insane. There's no way I can do that. My body cannot do that. I'm too old. I'm too broken. I'm too fat. I'm too whatever. They're like, no, you're not. Like, Come on, let's go do it. You know? And, and no matter what excuse yeah. you throw at them, they're like, no, nope, I don't believe you. Come on, let's go do it. 
you know, and that's what's great about this group. They're like, they, they believe in us more than we believe in ourselves, which is yeah. pretty cool. You know, and, you know, the other thing too is, you know, the big belief, you know, is run your race. Yeah. You know, when you're out on the course, you know, you know, I mean, um, we've all seen the post on, you know, the Facebook group. It's like, Hey, I've got this, you know, so I can't do burpees. It's like, run your race, do air squats, do something yeah. though. Do something. You know, don't just bypass the penalty area. You know, as long as you do something, that's all that matters. Just don't, you know, but go to, to, to what your capability is. Yeah, I mean, run your race. And I mean, the one thing that's cool, too, is like with me, you and Serena going, we talked about what we were going to do at each obstacle, um, you know, because I mean, yeah. we had to modify quite a bit towards the end because I couldn't lift anything. I mean, my shoulder was so messed up, like towards the end, I couldn't even pick up like a drink with my left hand until I got yeah. my shoulder completely popped back into place. So, I mean, there was a lot of the, you know, there was a few obstacles that it's kind of hard to do when you can't lift anything with one arm. So, I mean, we kind of had to modify and we worked together as a team to figure out how to wait, you know. And by that time, Serena had tweaked her knee, the one that wasn't wearing a brace. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's like, you know, we're we're not spring chickens anymore. <laughs> I mean, I am I think I was the youngest of our group, and I'm 40. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and I, I was actually surprised. It's the first time I've been the youngest in the group in, in a Spartan race. So... <laughs> You know, and I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, because you got the one thing like, you know, a lot of people that were, you know, don't know. Jody was with us in the beginning and uh, yeah. we helped another beast, Brandy, for a while who ended up finishing after us. But it was we had to make a decision that we knew we know our bodies enough to know that, you know, Brandy said she could do it by, you know, without our help. And we had to move on because we just there, there was no way we could have stayed at her pace and continue to go. You know, our bodies were not going to be able to do that. I've spent. The 13 and a half hours out on that mountain. And there's no way my body's going to let me do that again. (laughs) So it was just kind of one of those things. We had to make a decision to move on and, you know, without Brandy. Um, And then Jody ended up getting to a point where she tweaked her neck and her back. And she had to, you know, she had to bow out. And I know that was really hard for her because she, she does not like to do that. And I mean, it was really hard for me because that's the first time in a Spartan where, Somebody I started with didn't finish with me, right? you know, and, and it was one of those things. And I know some people point to Hawaii and that's, it is true that Stevie didn't finish Hawaii, but neither did I. So that one doesn't count. So <laughs> yeah, we were pulled off that course, not because we wanted to be because Norm forced us off that course. So, yeah, but, uh, yeah. And, and that's one of the tough things, you know, make those decisions, you know, like Jody did to, to stop. And I mean, it, it was tough for all of us. Cause I mean, it kind of. I felt like it kind of took the morale out of the group for a little bit because we kind of, we lost somebody and it was like, Oh shoot, what do we, yeah. you know? And it kind of took the morale out of the group for a bit, but I mean, we trudged on and kept going. And I mean, we had a pretty good group with you, me and Serena. So yeah. And the inappropriate comments well, were just flying. <laughs> well, and, and, um, uh, you know, the one thing, like I was talking with Serena on Sunday about it and, you know, kind of like, uh, the way uh, Serena looked at it was like, you know, everything that we went through in the beginning kind of happened for a reason, you yeah. know, helping Brandy for the first couple of miles and then getting up to mile four or so at uh, wall where Jody was like, okay, you know, I just can't anymore. My body's just won't do it. Um, you know, if we wouldn't have done that stuff, then it wouldn't have put us in that point to where uh, the girl that was behind us fell and slipped yeah. her hand open. 
Oh yeah. For us to be able to be there and help her with that. That was nasty. So, Did you see the pictures oh, of that after? Oh, I saw the after pictures. Yeah, that, I was just like, oh. I'm like that, that was chick. <laughs> You know, it was one of those things because she fell, and I mean, you saw it. We, we the trader were a little bit ahead yeah. of you, and you're like, guys, hey, you know, and you went back, and then all of a sudden, you're like, you need a first aid kit, and I'm like, or do we have a first aid kit? And I'm like, oh, amazingly, I actually do have one. So, <laughs> and I mean, yeah. we wrapped her hand up, but I mean, if we were looking at it. What was funny is we're looking at it. We're like, you know, we're like you need to like go to medical and get this looked at. And she's like, well, I'll just stop yeah. the next thing and have them look at my hand. I'm like, if they call medical, they're gonna pull you. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, they, they literally, if you ask for medical and medical comes and touches you, they'll pull you. You're done. Right. So it's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm letting you know that. But I'm telling you that I think you need stitches and you need to be yeah. looked at. And she's like, nope, I'm going. And she finished it. And I did see a thing that yeah, said she, she, along with cutting her, her hand, she cracked her, a rib. And there was something else. I mean, she had like three ma- three other injuries that went along with it from that fall. It was a nasty fall. So, yeah. Well, and then the other thing Serena told me on Sunday was that, because I guess she ran into her later. Um, and when they got to the next obstacle, um, I guess somebody looked at it. They were like, hey, we need to check out your injury. Because there was a guy that was coming through when we were helping her. And he was like, oh. hey, I'll let somebody know the next obstacle. That's right. I do remember that. Got to the next one, um, you know, they were like, "Hey, let us take a look at your hand." And so she took the glove off, and they were like, "Oh wow, no, yeah, you're good to go." Somebody knew what they were doing when they wrapped this. Yeah. Well, and that's the one so, thing is, is I mean, Serena wrapped it. I had all this stuff, but it's like I told yeah. Serena later. I teach first aid and CPR. I'm an instructor, so it was kind of one of those things. I watched her do it, and I'm like, "You're doing exactly what you're supposed to do." So I didn't say a word, but. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. teach first aid and CPR, so it's kind of like, if it wasn't wrapped good, then I need to go back to school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that was, and I mean, I'll be honest, in all the years I've had first aid, CPR, been an instructor, everything else, that's the first time I've ever really actually had to do, use it. Yeah. So it did tell me that I need to restock and better stock my, uh, because that's actually, I haven't stocked that thing in like two years. Yeah. So, I mean, everything that was in there was just basically what I've had left over from before. I mean, the reason all the Band-Aids are gone, blisters, stuff like that when we're on the trail, whatever. But, I mean, there used to be – I used to have a full-on ankle brace in there because Stevie was oh, always wow. with me and Stevie liked to, like, roll her ankle all the time. But I ended up giving that away at, or giving that away in Montana two years ago. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's one of those things. It was always nice to have. I mean, you know, there used to be an ice pack in there. But that was given away in Seattle three years ago. So, I mean, it's one of those that just – I need to restock that and get it ready for the next race. So, But I don't I don't always carry that pack either because that pack – I mean, you saw it's a big pack. I usually only carry that pack for beasts because it's so big. But, yeah. but that one can keep me – let me keep more stuff in it. And beasts usually – I mean, we were out there nine hours. So, you need a little yeah, bit more sure. stuff. But usually for the the supers, I'll carry the uh, my smaller pack um, that barely holds anything besides the water. And then for sprints, I've actually started not. I do sometimes, but I don't always carry my pack with me on sprints anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, see, I have it on sprints. I did in Vegas. I carried one the entire race, a pack. And then in Seattle, once we got the spear throw and by the tent, I was like, eh. I think I'm good. Yeah. Well, see, and I got lucky. And 
the the super in Seattle, I didn't have to carry one, but that's because I had Benton with me and I made him do it. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's like Benton, you're with me. You carry go. the pack. So you know, but yeah, the one pack, and that's one thing a lot of people really like that pack, the bigger one that I have because of the, the patches on the back. Yeah. And what everyone doesn't realize, they're like, oh, that's really cool. And I'm like, yeah, those patches are from 2015. That's my 2015 year. That was the year I bought that pack. That was my first pack. And every time, as I finished a race, I put the patch on there. So that was my 2015 year was all three races. You know, I did the trifecta. And then there's uh, the the Spartan Workout Tour, which they don't even do patches for anymore. So I had the Spartan Workout Tour patch. And then... There should have been, which I don't, I think it's on my jacket. I have a jacket that has a whole bunch of patches on it too, that uh, my hurricane heat patch. Because I did hurricane heat in 15, or no, it was 15 and 16. And then I haven't done it since. And I did it in Seattle both times. And I just, I'm not, I'm not the endurance type. And that's the one thing I know we have a lot of people in our group are in the beast. You got Adam, who's really into endurance, Janelle and Zane and those guys. And the endurance races are endurance events have never been my thing. I mean, they're okay. They're fun. It's a, it teaches me things, but I always felt like I was the weakest link and it bothered me. So I think if I got in a better shape, which I'm working on now, I've been running almost every day, even after Montana, I've been running every day, trying to get back into shape because I, I need to, I need to figure out how to run with this foot the way it is. Cause my foot's never going to get better completely and figure out how to run right with it and how to drop the weight. Cause if I'm at the weight I am now, and the, the the physical fitness level I am now, Hawaii is going to be a challenge to do all three in a weekend. I I really don't know if I'm going to be able to get that super in a sprint in a day because I feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm worse than I was last year when I went to Hawaii. So it's I need to figure something out and get to where I need to be to be able to finish those races. Yeah, I'll, trust me, I'm right there with you. I just got to figure. You know, I know what I need to do to drop some weight. And talking with the wife today, um, we're going to get right back on track at, uh, on it starting this week because starting tomorrow, because I'm a vacation relief coverage guy at work. So for the next two weeks, I'm on Graveyard. Ooh, and, fun. Oh, I know. Yeah. But Graveyard is one of those shifts where you just sit around and munch all night. And yep. I don't want to do that. Last year when I was on night shift, I actually lost weight. Because I would pack my meals accordingly, and I even got to a point where I was, you know, figuring out what my macros were, like how many calories a day I should eat, how many grams of protein, how many carbs, how many fats, and I dropped a good chunk of weight, so... That seems like way too much math. I, (laughs) I mean, but once you figure it out, it's actually not. You know, they have apps that you can, you know, like you can download MyFitnessPal, and type, you know, put in what your goal each day is, you know, for calories, carbs, fats, and protein, and log your meals on it, and it'll tell you where you're at for the day. Hmm. I, I need to look so, at that. See, I've been bad. I mean, I've been good a little better recently because I haven't been going out to eat all the time for work. But then there's days like yesterday. I, I was at work, and for work, I was at this Puyallup Fairgrounds, and... I got scones. I ended up with two dozen scones <laughs> because my company sponsored the scones and I bought some because if I don't bring some scones home anytime I have a chance, I might as well call a divorce lawyer because my, my wife loves scones. So I bought a dozen, took them out to the car, and then because my company sponsored them and there was so many left over, they handed me another dozen. And I'm like, well, oh, man. <laughs> 
I don't need these. I know it was like that. You know, you know, it was like that at work this week. It was a an employee appreciation week, and so we had food every day, and you know, hot dogs and nachos and tacos and Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, and I did pretty good for the whole week, except for yesterday because it was pulled pork yesterday. Oh yeah, we know how you like to pull your pork. Like, yeah, I was <laughs> like, I gotta, you know, I gotta eat the full, you know, I got to have the full pork, and, yeah. but I did good, I just had the meat, I didn't have the bun, so, and then they tried to give me some soupy coleslaw, and I was like, uh, yeah, no, that's not coleslaw, No, I don't want any of that stuff, so, yeah. See, and I, I've been trying so. to be good, and I, I mean, but unfortunately, my way of being good this week was I'd grab a couple, like, protein bars or something, you know, the, the good, the, like, fiber one yeah. bars, and threw them in my backpack, and then, because I was in class all week. And instead of going like to grab food for lunch, I just eat a couple of the protein bars. So every day, except for Wednesday, I was bad. I went and got teriyaki, but you know, yeah, I needed real food. If you look at it, teriyaki is better than going to Carl's Jr. or something yeah. like that. Yep. So, and, and I made a plan for myself starting next week, Monday. I'm completely cutting out, and it scares me. I'm cutting mochas out finally. <laughs> I've cut way back down. I'm down to maybe one a day, yeah. maybe one, sometimes two. But <laughs> which, if you know me, yeah. there was a point where three or four in a day was normal. So, oh wow, oh yeah, that was my thing. I quit smoking in July of last year, and when I quit smoking, I replaced it with mochas. So, and I was trying to figure it out because I was gaining weight and not losing weight. And I'm like, but I'm watching what I'm eating, everything else. But for whatever reason, my mind, it never clicked in my brain that I needed to count the mochas. And then once I threw the mochas in, I'm like, well, shit, the mochas are more calories in a day than I'm supposed to have altogether. So, yeah, because I get, of course, I'm not, I don't get a, you know, just a mocha. I get a white chocolate peppermint mocha. So, I mean, you might as well just like pour sugar straight into my mouth. I mean, (laughs) yeah. So, so my for me at work, you know, everybody's a coffee drinker and I'm not. So mine was soda. Yeah. And see, my, I would have, you know, it it would not be uncommon for me to have at one point like a hundred ounces of soda a day. Yeah. And see, for me, my, my goal now is I'm going to drink, I'm going to, I'm going to go buy, because right now I have a Keurig, but I'm actually going to go buy a normal coffee pot. So that I can make one coffee pot in the morning, put a little bit of, you know, maybe a little bit of sweetener in it. And that's it, like a French vanilla thing or whatever. And that's it. And pour it into a thermos. And that's what I get for the day. And once that's gone, then it's water for the rest of the day. And that's going to be my plan. As long as you have like black coffee or it'll be basically next to black coffee. I'll put enough into a pot of coffee. I'll put what I'd normally put into a cup. So of, you know, the French vanilla, just so I can have a little bit of something in there. But other than that, and then that's going to be it. I'll drink that. And then once that's, once that thermos is gone, you know, and the thermos won't be a full cup potted. I think it's about a half pot, actually, the thermos is. So about a half pot. So like three cups. And then once that's gone, it's water for the rest of the day. And that's going to be my plan. And I mean, if I do that, I think it's going to help me get back to where I should be. It's a start. Workout comes too. I mean, there's a workout that 
Elise built some weird workout that she sent me. I'm supposed to beta test, so I'll be working on that too. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors. If you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, sounds like you know you've got the plan in place. It's just implementing. So, yeah, and sometimes that's the hardest part is implementing it. And it can be, and and for me, a lot of that was too was before I my old job. I worked. I mean, I was scheduled to work fifty plus hours a week, and then I was at, on the phone on my way to work, on my phone on the way home from work, on my phone when I got home from work. And I spent so much time dealing with work. By the time work actually shut down, I mean, no one was calling me. It was eight or nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to go to bed. Yeah. You know, and now I don't have that. I pretty much, my phone, I think my phone has rang like six times in the last two months since I've been at the new company. So, you know, besides emails and things I've already got scheduled, I, I don't have to worry about it. Once I get home, my phone's off and I'm done. So I don't have to worry about it. I don't even carry my company yeah. phone with me once I leave. Once I like on the weekends when I leave work, leave home, I usually leave it home. So I don't need it. I can actually spend that time and work out and run on the treadmill. You know, I got a huge yard that I'm thinking about trying to figure out a way that I can make like a bucket carry. There's not going to be any hills, but at least I can warm around the yard with a bucket because I'm retarded. I mean, you know, that kind of stuff. I know I'm not supposed to use that word, yeah. but you know, whatever. It's just, I mean it, and, you know. It's just about yeah. trying to find that balance. I do the same thing with my work phone. On my days off, it stays on my nightstand. Yeah. I don't touch it. And then, like, when I will go on vacation, as soon as I get in the truck at work and I'm, and it, you know, it's my Super Friday and I start vacation, it gets shut off and it doesn't get turned on until the day I go back to work. And see, that's the thing. For me, it's one of those that, my boss, my boss has my personal cell phone number and she knows if something's that important that someone has to get a hold of me now, she can call me on it. And she's never, yeah. besides like, you know, uh, something personal or something, she's never messaged me on my personal phone. So yeah, but yeah. Oh yeah. So what, what races do you have coming up next? What, what do you got coming up? What I've got, let's see next Saturday, I've got warrior dash um, on the 19th here in Oregon. And then after that is June 16th is a terrain race. And then I'm venturing over to, uh, to Boise on the 23rd for the Boise sprint. Nice. Um, then Washougal sprint and Seattle beast. Nice. Oh, and I'm also signed up for, uh, uh, Tough Mudder in September up in Seattle too. I was only going to do the 5K option, but then, you know I listened to Zane and I signed up for the full. Killing it! See, and I, I have never so, done. It. I've got to get in into a Tough Mudder eventually, but it's like I've said multiple times on the podcast. I don't like electric shock. Electric shock bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Well, you can walk, you can skip the obstacle." I'm like, "But that's not my personality." If I skip the obstacle, that means I'm afraid of it, and I I should go after it. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna look into, it and maybe I will end up doing it this year. So I gotta look into see what dates it is. So 
because I know this year I'm doing I'm doing the the terrain race, but I think Amber may have switched our registration because what's weird is up here in Seattle the terrain race it's in two yeah. different locations in two different months. There's oh, wow. one up in Monroe where you know up in the I think Monroe I think area that's in the beginning of June, and then I think there's one in July that's down by Olympia, and I think I'm going to do the one in July because I'm having surgery on May 30th. So, and okay. it literally would have been like three days later that I would have had to do the terrain race. And I'm like, there's a good possibility I'd be okay to do it, but I don't want to take that chance because the surgery I'm having is on my ear. I mean, but it would mean that I have to have that ear completely sealed so that nothing could get into right. it. You know, there's a chance that I'm going to be dizzy and not have balance yet. So it's kind of one of those, uh, it's like, yeah, I should probably wait and do the later one. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, then I think I'm signed up for Warrior up here, and there's a few others. Amber does Amber does a really good job of signing me up for these, and I completely forget which one she signs me up for. And then all of a sudden, I'll be like, what are we doing this weekend? She's like, you've got a race this weekend. I'm like, oh, right on. So it's a surprise. It's always a surprise to me, which is amazing. I mean, I get these cool surprises all year long because Amber keeps track of things for me because I'm horrible at it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like I tell people, I, I do comedy, and you don't know how many times I get messages from other comedians being like, cool, I'll see you tomorrow, and I'm like, why? They're like, um, you're doing a comedy show you're supposed to be featuring, and I'm like, oh, cool, where is this at? They're like, we talked about this three months ago. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, where is it at? What am I doing? I'm horrible. I know, I'm the same way. If, if, if I don't put it in my calendar, I totally forget. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm getting better with the calendar thing because my new job, I have a lot of things that I have to do on certain days at certain times. So I'm getting really good at using the calendar because, yeah, otherwise I'm horrible. I mean, horrible about dates. So I, I've been I've been really good this year for some reason. Like three different times, I've wished people happy birthday like the day before their birthday. They're like, my birthday's tomorrow. And I'm like, in my defense, I thought today was tomorrow, not that your birthday was actually on this date. I thought today was your birthday. <laughs> It's like, I remember you the day of your birthday. I just thought I was wrong on what day today was. <laughs> yeah, just be glad I yeah. remembered and said happy birthday to you. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I keep trying to tell them. But they, yeah, they like to make fun of me for being a day early. I know. I don't know how people could remember all these birthdays before Facebook. Yeah, I don't know. My, my wife's one of those. She can remember dates like it's really weird. You know, she like, yeah, she, she remembers like the day and time, I think of our first kiss when we were like 13. So she's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's weird. All right. Well, yeah. did you have anything else you wanted to talk about before we went or did you cover? Uh, no, I think I'm, I think we covered a lot, you know, Just, yeah. yeah. Look forward to seeing more beasts out on the race coming. You know, the race is coming up. Yeah, I was thinking the only one, the next one we have together is the the sprint in Washougal. So we're going to have to make sure that yeah. we're both in a lot better shape and can kick that course's butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my goal is to uh, beat my time from last year. But last year I did run it two weeks after spraining an ankle. Eh, well, that's good. So, but yeah, my goal is to uh, beat my time from last year. It took me two and a half hours last year. Yeah, and Washougal is not Washougal is probably one of the hardest sprints I've ever done. Yeah, it's a tough one. Well, I mean, yeah, they yeah they build it on a motocross track, so you have all those hills to climb. Yeah, and I, you would think they would be the same with Vegas, but Vegas somehow doesn't seem to be as hard as Washougal. So they end up they like start yeah, they Vegas. Start, I thought Vegas was yeah that center hill on the super. Yeah, they start with that really 
really hard part of the the motocross park, but then all of a sudden you end out in flat like prairie for the rest of the race, and you're like, cool until you hit that river that Steve Hammond put in there, dick. <laughs> yeah, he likes yeah, to find those fun ones. Yeah, it's like trying to run at seaside for eight miles. Yeah. But it's still, I love Vegas. I go every year. This is Vegas. This is my third year in Vegas. So I'll be back next year. I almost always, I need to get out to some other races because I kind of have my set races that I do. I do Vegas, Seattle, Montana, and I take a break until either Hawaii or, or Washougal. They've been back and forth on which one's first. So this year, yeah, I'll hit Washougal first, then Hawaii. But I think this might be my last year of Hawaii. And then Seattle, and then I'm done. So yeah. So next year, I think I might we might plan on skipping Hawaii and finding a different race weekend to go, a different beast to go for. So yeah, yeah. One of these years, I might try Tahoe, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've heard. I've, I've heard horror stories about Tahoe. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm sure you heard horror stories about Montana. Yeah, I did hear that. You know, when people were like. Yeah, I said, yeah, Montana, you know, I'm doing Montana as my first ever beast. And they're like, really? You picked Montana as your first beast? Go big or go home, right? I'm like, well, yeah, it's, you know, the first one that I could get to with my work schedule. They're like, oh, have fun with that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I had a blast. I loved it. Oh, yeah. It's back next year. That's where I got lucky because I literally, I mean, most people are shocked when they find out the first race Spartan I ever did was Montana. And it was like one of those things. Everyone's like, why did you pick a beast? I'm like, because I didn't know better. You know, I wasn't part of the beast OCR yet. I wasn't part of that. I hadn't talked to anyone about this. I didn't know there was different races. Yeah. I just knew it was a Spartan. And I'm like, cool. I'll do the Spartan. I, I, I'll do Saturday because I don't want to, you know, because I want to hang out and do, you know, have fun on Sunday. I think actually we had to drive home yeah. Sunday. We had to drive home Sunday that year. So because we went Thursday, Friday, race Saturday, and then drove home Sunday. And so it was just like, cool, I'll go do that. Didn't even, you know, like whatever. Yeah, that was, that was hell. But it was one of those things. Once I finished, I'm like, yeah, okay. I did the hardest one. So now I got two free races so I can do Washougal and Seattle should be easy. Right. So, yeah. Well, it's like, uh, you know, that one couple we met on the course in Montana, the gal who was wearing the rugged maniac shirt. That yeah. was her first ever Spartan also. It was. And what was amazing about her, and she's the kind of people that I just love seeing at those races. She she was wearing the Rugged Maniac shirt because she failed and couldn't finish right. a Rugged Maniac six months ago. Yeah. And, and then, I loved how she told her husband that I wore this on purpose so I could burn it when I was done. They wouldn't yeah. let her, though. She was mad. But <laughs> I, I'm like, I wouldn't have given them a choice. Would, but, but, I mean, it's yeah, one of those things. She just ripped it off and threw it. I mean, she six months ago failed at a rugged maniac could not finish dnf'd so she decided yeah. i'm gonna work out and i'm gonna go do a spartan so i know i and mean how said she lost like 75 pounds yeah it was i think it was 76 75 oh 76 something oh like that yeah. but in six That's months impressive. and then said i'm gonna go do a spartan and didn't pick a sprint she picked a beast so she went from dnf'ing yeah. a rugged maniac which i don't know have you done rugged maniac yeah. Yeah, I've done Rugged Maniac. I mean, which it's you know, it, it's not hard. It's, no, you know, if you can't do an obstacle, you go around it. It's yeah, like, it, it's like a fun. It's like a fun five k with with mud. Yeah, and she DNF'd and then went. You know, I'm gonna go do a Spartan in six months, and I'm gonna do a Beast. And she picked one of the hardest, roughest beasts and killed it. Oh yeah, she came in right behind. She was really yeah, she. 
She looked angry. She didn't too far behind us. Oh, no, she came through because, yeah, when me and Serena were still standing there, she came up behind us. Because somebody, somebody, I'm not going to name names, Justin, disappeared before we could get pictures after the finish. So. I didn't even think of that. All of a sudden, I'm like, Serena, let's get pictures. Where's where, where'd Justin go? And you were gone. So so that's why, if anyone's wondering why our group is only two-thirds of the people in the pictures, because somebody, Justin, <laughs> disappeared before the pictures. But So, yeah, we saw her, and I mean, they... What was that? I was there for the important photo, yes. which was the roasted marshmallows at the fire jail. Yes, and just so everybody knows, is, is are we doing this in Washougal? Where are we doing this? Where are we roasting the hot dogs? Seattle Beast. It's the Seattle Beast. We're going to roast hot dogs. Okay. Because Jody is going to finish that beast with us, and we're going to roast hot dogs at the you know before we cross over the jump. Yeah. So so anybody who's listening to this, if you want hot dogs at the Seattle Beast, you know, let us know. We we are roasting hot dogs when we finish that thing. So we are going to stop at the end and roast hot dogs. (laughs) So everybody's going to be like, "What the hell?" Oh no, they'll no, they'll expect it from us. We're gonna become that like group. You've got the wolf pack. We're gonna have to. We're, we're gonna be the roasters. That's gonna be our name. <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking of the other people. Oh yeah. The finish line, looking at us. You know, like uh, like when we were doing the marshmallows. The one volunteer at the inverted wall was just smiling. Yeah, you could see the big. It have been the picture. He's just smiling. Dave oh, Bax yeah. was just cracking. I mean, Dave. I, I Dave knew we were coming, and he yeah. stoked that fire. Oh. So it was good when we got I there. Know he did. I, yeah, when we got to inverted, I saw him adding more logs to it. I'm like thinking to myself, going, "What the hell, Dave? Thanks." Yeah, Dave, Dave was. Hopefully that's I jump over it. That's the fun part about knowing, you know, and doing these for so long. You get to know guys like Dave, and you get to know staff members who like do things to help you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, right on. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. I, we we can talk. That was a that was a fun episode. That was a good yeah. talk. So. Yeah, I don't have anything. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you in, in Washougal. Um, hopefully, maybe we can right. somehow run into each other before then. But if not, I'll see you in Washougal, and we're going to kick some butt. All right. Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks, Justin. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.